goes it? You're listening to the Niagara Moon Podcast, and I am Thomas Irwin, and I have a bit of a sore throat, so I'm a little more Darth Vader than normal today, but I really want to uh, get this episode out there, so I'm going to do my voiceover regardless, and uh, happy to have you here this week. I talked with a very, very talented, prolific, classically trained guitarist, multi-instrumentalist, composer, uh, Michelle Qureshi, based out in Indianapolis. And she does a few different styles of instrumental music. Um, you could call it new age, world, ambient, electronic. It's, it's very pleasant and relaxing. It's, it's very uh, layered and musically sophisticated. She's just very, very talented, and she does it pretty much all herself. So I definitely thought it would be interesting to reach out and uh, just talk about music with her and kind of hear how she does what she does. And I hope you enjoy it as well. Before uh, you hear that conversation, I'm just going to play a little bit of her song, Of the Harvest. I'm well. I'm uh, just battling a computer issue this morning a little bit, but oh, nothing too serious. Oh. Okay. Yeah, they always come up, don't they? <laughs> I always, my least favorite thing to do is to try to update. I use Mac, so to ever try to update the Mac operating system. Because oh, I know it just yeah. invites a Pandora's box of, <laughs> I hold off for the longest time and I use like a really old, I'm using Yosemite on my uh, laptop still and um, oh, just for a particular okay. piece of software, it tells me I need to update like just to the yeah. next one, but then that's not working. Uh -huh. So going back oh, to man. square one. <laughs> yeah. That's second. not easy to go backwards on that stuff either. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I know. I see. Yeah. But, uh, well, good luck. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Yeah. It should work out. Okay. I'm just rebooting back to how the system was and hopefully it'll mm -hmm. end there for now. Okay, good. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm on Mac too, so I know the the frustrations and all that stuff, and yeah. the built-in slowdowns like uh, when you have a older Mac and you put the newer operating system and mm -hmm. it just won't budge, you know. So it's pretty unfair, but that's what it is. Yeah, you just gotta kind of take it as it comes. Mm -hmm. So you're yeah. pretty um, hands-on when it comes to uh, like digital recording and arranging with the software and effects and everything. That's something you do yourself yeah i have to i do it i have to do it all by myself um occasionally um i'll send something uh to get mastered myself but that's that's just because i don't um i don't have that kind of equipment mm -hmm. you know and and i know with with everybody like releasing things on spotify and whatnot a lot of people are just doing it themselves um and i think in, you know in some parts you can People do get away with it, but um, ultimately, you know, not being able to take that sound and yeah. hear it in all kinds of, of environments, um, we're definitely missing stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I yeah. always, my kind of like public service announcement to anybody doing music themselves is I believe you can uh -huh. get pretty accomplished on every aspect of it yourself, mixing being mm -hmm. the hardest um, mm -hmm. since you get into EQ and compression and all that stuff, that that's sort of attainable, but mastering is like, 
especially if it's more than one instrument or you have a goal beyond just simply like I want to, in my case, I quickly share a, an instrumental piano track and I don't have the absolute highest audio quality standard. So if you're doing anything more than that, mastering, it's like, give it to professional. That's a whole nother mm-hmm. can of worms that yeah. I, I really think it's, it should be somebody who specializes mm-hmm. in that. Yeah. Yeah. You got to respect uh, the difference between an audio engineer and uh, musicians who have acquired a lot of knowledge. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause it's yeah. some, for yeah. some reason that's where it really delineates into just like a total different craft onto itself. And like you said about knowing how to get it to, to sit right on so many different audio systems and it's, it becomes so much more of a science at that point. Yeah, like. exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But that that's great that you're able to um, pretty much do everything yourself. Was that kind of uh, a steeper learning curve for you when you wanted to release more and more of your own music? Well, it kind of, you know, it was a necessity. And I've always feel like, you know, I do it in the slowest way because I do uh, trial and error, mm. well, <laughs> you know. Kind of the only way I to just, go about it, yeah. Yeah, and I, I don't have the, you know, I mean, I know there's, there's – uh, a plethora of videos and people learn a lot, but I, you know, I touch on, you know, attention deficit disorder at times. I just can't sit through these uh, things, you know, and, and as a result, I probably spend uh, more time correcting things uh, that I could have learned once and for all, you know, mm. but that's, that's me. So. Well, yeah, I, even yeah. with myself in a tutorial video, especially if it's over like three minutes long, you know, mm-hmm. you tend to skip around and then it's like, yeah. even yeah. If, if I were to just force myself to watch it, it kind of, the information just kind of glazes. Yeah, I'll get a little bit, but yeah, exactly. Because you we try always yourself. feel like we have so much we have to get done, you know, like when you're wearing all these hats yeah. and, you know, you need help. Um, you need, like, I just got this um, harp guitar and it's like this learning curve is like, wow. oh my gosh, you know, I thought six strings were were um complicated but i've just added seven more so 13 stringed harp guitar <laughs> yeah combination yeah instrument. and yeah it's uh, uh it's it's uh, it's challenging you know it's cool but um the number of times i'm like starting something over when it, that's not the case if it's just a guitar you know mm. i play it i've got it <laughs> so but it's great you know it's wow. great yeah so yeah how many different uh creative hats do you wear these days? So obviously you're a very accomplished guitarist and not, not just uh, your standard acoustic guitar, but you're playing some new kind of harp guitar combination. and um... Right. And I have, uh, of course, I was trained on a classical guitar. Um, uh, that's what I went to music school for. And then um, electric guitar is throughout a lot of my albums. Um, other stringed instruments, you know, banjo, ukulele, bass, uh, and then... Things on the keyboard, I, when you hear the the flutes on my instruments, you know, they're, they're the Native American for the most part, mm. um, they're different indigenous flutes, uh, different percussions, different, uh, you know, gongs and singing bowls and, and even a little cello because I got a cello from a friend and wow. then I have some uh, different world string instruments. Um uh, didgeridoo on on my song uh, the walkabout yeah wow. a lot of things you know i just i just think it's really cool to uh first and foremost discover explore and discover sound you know and then you kind of put it into you bring it together and fit things in it's it's just so fun to 
you know, juxtapose unexpected instruments together. I really yeah. love that. You know, not because I'm just thinking, wow, what would this sound like with that? Right, right. It's more like, yeah, you record something and then you, and I hear stuff a lot of times, even when I'm improvising, I hear it before I play it. I just kind of follow what I'm hearing in, in my head. So that's where those kind of things come up. And then, of course, we have, you know, so many things like with, um, we both talked about Apple. And um, so I record uh, using Logic as my DAO. And then I have uh, recently gotten a Native Instruments keyboard. Mm. I had a, I have a, I have a Roly keyboard, um, a Seaboard Rise, the small, like 25 key. But the um, complete control keyboard I bought is an 88. So I've been writing more piano type pieces um lately and i'm yeah i've got the studio in a place where it's it's definitely a nice one woman band studio right now <laughs> great yeah yeah that's a yeah. space and instruments to play around with it really is yeah. especially if you get to that place of you can do everything yourself musically if you decide to it really is like it's kind of like you can create your own movie and you have all the the tools yeah. to do that yeah yeah it's a very just empowering about a, feeling. And uh, yeah, an iPhone alone can almost pull that off. It's pretty it's, wild. It's amazing, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But then that means we have a lot of movies to watch in the world because a lot of people have them. <laughs> yeah, the barrier to entry gets a lot lower. But, yeah. But um, yeah, how do you describe the kind of music you produce? Because there seems to be kind of a lot of different uh, layers to it. But how do you usually... Um, Briefly. Well, um, yeah, because we get stuck in um, having to put things in genres because yeah. that's, you know, that's kind of a mar the marketing aspect of everything in our life, you know, what we consume and uh, all the way down to our music. So I generally in descriptions just kind of call it um, an ambient new age mix with a uh, contemporary fingerstyle aesthetic. Mm. And uh, that will that will describe a lot of it, certainly not all of it, you know, because there's, I've got a real interest in world music as well. And uh, classical was my training. So some things feel more neoclassical um, mm. and everything from uh, s stuff that can be fairly, fairly abstract, like this 11 minute piece, this single I released um, last year called Inside the Light Box. Uh, it, it's just, it goes, it's not my longest piece, but it's, it's an interesting one, mm. uh, as w all the way to like the less than one minute, you know, acoustic improv, something like uh, wind flowers, you know? Um, so that's about as close. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, definitely some variation there. Um, ambient is a term that's thrown around all the time. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. Uh, and yeah. it, it does kind of function as you know, like a lot of it is relaxing and you can have it on in the background. But then what you mentioned about the, uh, the classical influence, and then you really do the, um, the technical ability and the, the feeling of someone playing a physical instrument that still comes through very clearly yeah. as well. It's kind of an interesting yeah. blend. Thanks. Yeah. I think that that's important. Just like, just like, um, I don't want things, I don't want to just think I, it's only something I'm doing with my hands you know, like a, like a physically playing the guitar, mm -hmm. um, because that ignores this whole world of, you know, synthesized music and these mm. opportunities to create sounds, which, uh, I don't, I don't like to hear people, um, 
let's see, be be biased one way or the other. Yeah. I really think you're you're leaving out half of the opportunity if you say, oh, I don't do, you know, I've heard people refer to real instruments. Well, you know, there's, we've had a lot, you know, a lot of decades already of real instruments, including things that are electronically produced because they are, you know, different ways of circuitry and pushing sounds yeah. through different, you know, different things that still have all the parameters um, that are present in, in sound just in a different way. So, so I like to keep an open mind with that. And at the same time, I love the, the tactile uh, uh, sense of playing the guitar, you yeah. know, really kind of shaping something, sculpting, you know, painting sounds, um, that kind of thing. Yeah, the kind of the physical yeah. sensation, even for me when it's just keyboard and I'm just moving my fingers kind of passively, that really does shape the music making in a way you can't quite put your finger on versus if you're just kind of, I don't know, messing around with more drone sounds or something that mm -hmm. doesn't engage you as much physically it's interesting how that works yeah out. yeah the 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 drone sounds the, the engagement there is like uh just bring you into that kind of trance feel it's like mm. what it does with the element of time um so so i love that too you know and in ambient i think can you know can go very dark in a sense um but it also can just look very deeply at things and really you know i i guess the the Another factor I would say that most of my songs, whether long or short, most of the things I'm creating want to take you on some kind of journey. Mm. Um, and and if if I if I miss that trip in my piece, then it then I shouldn't be writing it. <laughs> if it's not taking you somewhere along with me, you know. Yeah, there's music that's so involved in and of itself, and it creates such kind of a cinematic soundscape that you wouldn't really want to use it as a like a song in a movie or a film or tv show for example because it's just it's got its own world and its own narrative yeah. going on so much it's it's its own entity mm -hmm. kind of yeah yeah i agree with that mm -hmm. it doesn't need anything more however if somebody wants to license it <laughs> they could probably twist yeah. their arm right <laughs> use, use it in some context that would that would yeah. work yeah uh -huh. planet earth yeah. or something yeah um yeah. So what was your journey kind of like musically to, to get to this point? Is, is this uh, a genre and style you've been operating in for most of your career? Or? Uh, no, because most of my career is uh, not really a thing that, that paralleled, paralleled most of my life. Um, hmm. I mean, I did, I did start out as a teenager, like uh, self-taught guitarist, just loving, you know, uh, what I, whatever instruments I could teach myself on. Um, and I, the first guitar I got was like a acoustic six string and then I got electrics and, um, a 12 string. I had a pedal steel at one point when I was in, um, when I was a teenager and uh, I taught myself everything I could, um, up to, up to the, a point. Mm. And when I went off to college, uh, studying, I was going to study psychology, but something was really, something was really missing. And that was like, where was my music, you know? And so I decided after a, um, after a year studying uh, academically that I needed a, a foundation in, mm. in music, you know, the Western classical tradition. Theory. So I, yeah. And uh, classical guitar, cause I hadn't studied classical guitar. And uh, so it was awfully late to pick something up like that, but that's what I did. <laughs> and I went, went to school and um, not only learning about, you know, 
the theory, the history, um, playing with uh, all kinds of uh, classically uh, trained musicians. I also had a, a bigger world of um, people coming to study at, at, at these schools. And um, I started learning more about world music too. And I think a lot of the people I met who brought their folk traditions along with their their classical chops um, really influenced what I liked to listen mm. to, really influenced and kind of uh, expanded my my worldview a bit. So, so I did all that and I, I um, graduated with a master's degree and then um, I kind of, had to set it all aside for 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 a few decades, for a couple decades or so, and uh, you know I did some teaching, but I and I uh, did some other things, but it certainly wasn't the forefront, and yeah. it really wasn't until um, after um, I got married and I had my daughter, and once um, she was like a little bit older, like uh, in the middle of elementary school, when I didn't have to, you know. Be, be there so much for her. I had this chunk of time in the day uh, when she was at school and my husband was at work. And uh, I started saying, you know, I've got to, I've got to rekindle this, yeah. <laughs> this passion. And that would also coincided with the time where you could buy like a, you know, a keyboard. I don't think I had a very nice one, but I had software and I started out and just started, uh, you know, with that first album, I, worked with an, um, a local poet here and we decided to do some guided meditations mm. and I wrote most of the music for of light was for a guided meditation which um, which at the last minute the the poet decided that the music should live on its own and mm. I should withdraw that whole part <laughs> so suddenly I had an instrumental album instead and that got um, played a lot in local yoga studios here and then I followed that up with actually going to uh, yoga studios and playing a lot for classes, bringing my guitar. And um, I do that to this day. Um, uh, it's been a, and that was starting uh, around five or six years ago. Yeah. 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 So, so then, you know, I just started writing more and more types of music and uh, acquiring more and instruments and, and, and more knowledge, but, basically just uh, stepping into things like playing house concerts and uh, playing some festivals and kind of keeping with that yoga tradition also, you know, this kind of more uh, gentle and peaceful music, which I still think permeates uh, a lot of what I do, but um, certainly not all of what I do anymore because I keep growing mm. and, and evolving, you know. So, yeah, there, there's a big... Uh, a big break <laughs> where I, where I do believe that things were, um, you know, still building inside, you know, like this, just this whole idea that I would be writing music and, and, and love doing that and loving the improvisation. Um, so um, I was just thrilled that, you know, I waited kind of indirectly for something to bring me time and space to create. And that's that's my most happy place as an individual is in that creation mode. Yeah, finally, um, your life was set up a certain way that it finally had its place, and you knew how how you would um, devote your time and energy to it, and things just kind of yeah. clicked. Yeah, you didn't have to. Yeah, exactly. Force yeah, anything. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I, I was going to ask if you um, if performing is uh, 
a big component of what you do? So you um, perform around uh, in your area and stuff? Yeah, I'm, I'm um, based around Indianapolis. And okay. um, so I do, I, I bring a couple of different types of things. Um, how, like I said, house concerts, that's my favorite thing to do because yeah. I've heard from a lot of people that's their preferred way to, to perform. Right. Usually. Yeah. But it's, you know, it's a really, it's not a new idea, right? It's good. It harkens back to the, the, you know, parlor concerts and just, you know, that intimate kind of uh, play for the people exchange playing for people, playing for people who like to listen as opposed to, you know, playing in the background at a wine bar or something, which, you know, I, I, did for enough years but when that time was up i said i was done with that yeah um, so you never I, get the I, sense I, that they they want to listen or really care that you're there yeah you're definitely you're yeah. providing an atmosphere and not a musical, musical journey yeah you're not yeah exactly yeah yeah so the performances i i kind of uh focus now on uh, that and uh, different worship services have invited me, which again, you have a totally quiet, receptive audience. Yeah. And uh, there's a component to what I do when I perform that's not present uh, with my albums at all because I simply haven't done it. But I'm also a songwriter <laughs> and mm. I sing and perform a lot of uh, a lot of kind of, I don't know, I guess you could kind of say heart based songs. Mm. You know, it's it's not of any religious backing it's more but it's very spiritual and um so that's a component of of what i enjoy performing and for some reason i just haven't uh one thing i think it's really hard to record yourself singing um so it's its own maybe when I, challenge yeah. yeah 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 and then everybody has has uh, trouble with that but maybe if i stepped in a studio um, that would get more interesting for me. But right now I love it as, Hey, if you like these songs, you know, you're only going to hear it by coming and hearing me, yeah. you know, coming and hearing me live. Special and, live experience. Uh, exactly. Yeah. And so that along with something performance wise that I, uh, kind of, um, created last November, I actually did for the first time last November, uh, something I call a harmonic sound immersion. Mm. And it's kind of my take on the sound bath, sound experience that people have when they go in and they, uh, they hear, you know, the gongs and singing bowls. And I, I kind of trademarked mine as harmonic sound because I bring my guitars and my flutes and a loop pedal and, um, some electronic music and, and different elements. Uh, the singing bowls I have branded as music as metaphor. And I bring all these elements into kind of what you could kind of describe as a horizontal concert. You know, people lie down on a yoga mat oh, or a blanket, yeah, yeah. eyes closed usually. And I kind of, uh, if it's an instrument I can walk around with, I do. If it's a bigger gong, it's just in front. And then I have a, a medium-sized gong that I'll walk around and, you know, just kind of bathe them in all these kinds of sound vibrations. And, and that's been a very cool and popular thing that I do here too. So, wow. yeah. So yeah. that, that term music as metaphor, mm -hmm. um, I know that's kind of uh, your, your tagline. So what is that uh, ethos? What does that kind of embody? Yeah, that kind of, that was my starting out name because um, I'm, I'm, pretty much an introvert <laughs> and when I first started doing music and like setting up a web page and and having a Twitter account and things like that I was uh, a little too introverted to even use my name so I was using music as metaphor as kind of you know 
that, uh, I don't know, a first line of defense that I would put out there. An alias <laughs> and then or kinda, a, yeah. yeah. And then kind of peek around the, you know, around that shield and, uh, start seeing that it was okay. It's okay. You can be, you know, you can say who you are now. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But to be honest, yeah, that's what it was, you know, and I, and I like it and I, I still use it. Uh, um, but, uh, yeah, yeah. And then I also made it my publishing company. So all my music is, is, um, you know, released as music as metaphor as well. Yeah. Outside of just your local following, you've built this, uh, online audience over the uh, yeah. just the last few years it seems like um was that uh unexpected for you or how did because it really seems like there's people all over the world in all these different contexts listening to your music so how did that uh yeah kind of unfold well yeah to be honest with you i think that i uh my first audience was around was more global okay <laughs> you know i don't think that my what i do locally um, then branched out globally. I think these thing, these, this thing called the internet has allowed things, music to be just, you know, all over the place. Um, and I've, and I've sought things and I've done different projects or, or different things, um, musically. And I, I've been, you know, hustling to get my music out in different corners, uh, from the get go. Okay. <laughs> and yeah. then, 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 you know, I, the, the playing locally, it's, it's, you know, it's a little bit like, a, uh, I am cer certain, uh, this happens a lot these days, you know, with, with people, you know, I continue to have like for more than a month, my top city is Jakarta for my listeners. On, isn't that weird how that works out? Yeah, or it's that, like Singapore yeah. or uh, yeah. Manila. Yeah, a lot of people exactly. need relaxing music in Southeast Asia. And I think I've never, um, you know, and this is Spotify, maybe all my Indianapolis friends are on Pandora but, or Apple Music, but I've never had Indianapolis in my top 50 Top cities. 50 cities, wow. Yeah, never. It, it's so weird how that works out. Like I, I have a friend in Seattle who um, just one of his songs really stuck in the internet world. Like uh -huh. it was on the top page of Reddit for a little while. And nice. there's all these yeah. people just love his stuff and his lyrics and his, his whole uh -huh. um, persona. And then he's hard pressed to, you know, sometimes to to put together a decent group locally in Seattle. It's the immediate surrounding areas, like not really paying attention, but then everywhere else. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. I don't think I'm unique in this experience, yeah. but um, I'm, I'm part of it, you know. Um, and that's just that's just how it is. I mean, I'm grateful for wherever people want to listen, you know. And I think, you know, my name locally might be out there more than I realize. This is also something that's hard yeah. to know, you know. Yeah, yeah. And I'm just not a very typical, you know, like a musician either. Mm. You know, so, yeah. Yeah. Um, another thing that struck me is you're so prolific. Like every year you have pretty much another full album, dozens of tracks that you're able to uh, produce and get, get out there pretty frequently. Do you, um, what's your creative process like? A certain kind of path or formula that you like to uh, stick to or you're just able to? Well, definitely no, no formula because uh, formulas don't work for the way my mind works creatively. Yeah. 
So you're um, you're starting from kind of scratch. I'm starting from scratch. Time. I wish like you don't know how many times I wish I had a go-to template on Logic. I no, just no don't. Every time or I'm starting, yeah. no templates, and it's 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 maddening. But I just can't, you know. And here's my other confession and problem, you know. I mean, not a bad problem to have, but I have. Uh, I think in this summer I looked at my unfinished tracks catalog, you mm-hmm. know, in various states, but yeah. There's other, there's more than 400 files on my computer that I haven't finished it every time I try, you know, to be, oh yeah, that, remember that piece? Oh yeah, you just want to add this or you just need to mix it better or, you know, and so you get into that, um, 400, that kind of situation. Yeah. And what do I do? I got this new keyboard and I just bought like a whole new album's worth and I have another album master that's waiting for me to do something with wow. and, um, I would just say that it's like uh, uh, the creativity, the the new ideas are constantly there. They're constantly there. Anytime I sit down on the guitar, um, I'll I'll start something new. That's why I just improvise too. On Facebook, yeah. I'll do these streams just to get it, just to play it because it's like a cleansing of of my system, you know. And sometimes. Uh, I'll pay attention and remember how it went so I can recapture. That's how this this release I just did on Friday. I I was on Facebook and I was doing an improvisation. And when I finished it, I said, you know, that's kind of cool. And I stepped into my studio part to record it. And that's that's how of the harvest. It's a very simple piece, but it's very um it's sweet and um you want to hear it again and it's just you know it's that kind of thing it's not the kind of thing like on silver cord where i just spent months and months trying to understand how to you know evolve these ambient Mm. long stretched out you know with electric guitar and and just sounds that i love so um, I don't know if I have more time than anyone else because there's so many other things I have to do. Right, right. And and, and be a, a, a wife and a mother and <laughs> try to be a decent at that and a friend. Not get um, too lost but, down the, the music rabbit hole. Yeah, right, right. You know, I, I've been known to, you know, get up real early or stay up real late sometimes on the producing end of things. But um yeah, it's just an average day. I just like try to tweak something, try to wrap something up, trying to try to decide how to get it out there. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there's when I look at how much I have out, it's it's like it's not it's not even everything I would love to have out, but mm. then there's that point of of saturation and and this right, and that right. and uh and pacing. But I don't know. Sometimes I just I don't believe in that. I believe like in in a perfect world whenever you have something ready to deliver, deliver, you know? Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So it sounds like a a slow and steady, you're always, maybe even on a daily basis, you're, you're always making efforts that advance your, your music forward and and get closer to having something ready to release at any given point. It sounds like you're really uh, good at it. You're able to document everything pretty well if you have this whole stack of unfinished ideas that are still at your disposal. Organization well, yeah, and all that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's organized in a sense, but it's also that, that big block of completion that stands in front of me. Like how do, when, and I wrote a little bit on my blog about this. When do we say something is finished? 
if, if I suffer from anything, it's from that. Mm. When is something finished? Because you, you can never, as a creative thing, and, and uh, yeah, there is no such I, thing. As ideas finished. that are fluid, there's no finish. It's like when you declare, okay, at this point, at this state, in this time, you know, so be it. <laughs> it's done, you know, and, um, that's what I have to tell myself. Yeah. Um, and especially if you're working by that. yourself and you don't have a producer kind of weighing yeah. in, as can be the case in a lot of uh, bands and situations mm-hmm. like that, really, it's kind of up to you. Where do you want to draw the line creatively? Mm-hmm. Right. And I know a lot of uh, people that, that benefit greatly from not not just a producer, but a partner. Or somebody that weighs something, you know, yeah. you weigh something off each other, and and uh, but I'm just like so fiercely independent. It's really it's hard to envision that. Yet I want it, you know. <laughs> so yeah, lots of paradoxes. <laughs> yeah, like I said, your catalog certainly comes off as very uh, generous and and consistent. So oh, thanks. Doesn't yeah, doesn't seem to be too too much of an issue there. Um, what do you have? Uh, coming up uh in the near future that you're excited about what's your your big focus right now well i um i don't know if i i think the focus on my my most recent project is um just quite how to launch it um i have an uh, a kind of short album of called within mm. and every piece on it is a simple um sometimes not so simple but they're solo nylon string guitar uh pieces and i recorded them you know just one take through not uh not any splicing or dicing or anything right right and they they range from um not more than about two minutes to as short as i think one is like 38 seconds there are a lot of just different ideas looking at you know just just a guitar um, different tunings, different capos, you know, um, different moments. And I, I liken it to like, um, guitar haiku. Hmm. Um, I've even thought about I like that. that. I, I think, yeah, I think that's the best description for that. So that has, uh, that album is done. It's in my possession. Um, I had it mastered by a very fine musician up in Chicago, um, Andrew Mitron. And, uh, I'm not sure what to what I'll do with it yet, but it's ready. And I, at the same time, have um, about 16 tracks um, based on piano ideas and and uh, things on this new um, complete control keyboard. Uh, I like them. I like the pieces a lot. I like having a you know a piano um, in my studio now. Mm. Um, there's, there's elements of the, um, the rolly keyboard on it too. If you know anything about, uh, that instrument and it's five dimensions of touch for playing, uh, I might that, have that, seen that, a picture one once and yeah, they're pretty, they're pretty wild. Yeah. <laughs> Rightly so, but, uh, they're very cool. I use it a lot in my album silver chord as well, but so those, those are the two as far as, um, upcoming new music. Um, and then getting some stuff, uh, written for this harp guitar. I have had a lot of ideas. In fact, it's so intriguing. I'm like trying to get to sleep at night and I'm thinking, 
okay, capoing this fret and mm-hmm. having these bass strings yeah. and I Going can try all that. The, the technique in your yeah. head. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You just see the fretboards differently and, and the options of these, these deep low strings. Um, so that's all been uh, kind of um, floating around in my thoughts. And then some, uh, you know, always the thing about the harmonic sound immersion is that always bringing in, it's never the same thing because it's a unique performance every time so i'm always trying to bring in uh different aspects to that different thoughts on that yeah wow yeah yeah so creatively you're you're rolling right along a lot coming up to be excited about sounds like yeah yeah i mean i just i think it's uh it's a great time to um capture creativity for for people who you know, who need that, uh, yeah. who need to, to breathe that, you know, that's, that's one thing. If you take, take that a- aspect out of, away from me, it's, it's really hard to, um, be happy. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, yeah. It's why we create yeah. and we keep going and yeah. we evolve and uh-huh. grow and yeah. yeah, develop our, our style. People who get into your music and, uh, want to follow you, where do you like to point people to check out? Sure. Well, um, if they like to watch the, the short videos, I'm on Instagram. Um, that's at Michelle Koreshi Music. Um, on Twitter, I'm Music as Metaphor. That's one handle you can't change once you establish it. <laughs> Set, yeah, so the, that. that lives still, right? Yeah. Um, and then, of course, on Facebook, it's uh, I have a Michelle Koreshi uh, music page there. I have my website where um i've seen the course of websites evolve a lot um and now i think they are a place where we kind of want people to go find you and then go out to your own adventure page yeah 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 because it's, it's it's not the same thing of you know that used to be the driver like oh bring people to your website they have to go there and stay there not really because they're streaming music uh, yeah yeah, it's like a directory yeah it's like a hub where you want to go from here yeah yeah so i recently changed that um the the, that over from you know uh, a fancier more expensive one to uh one that's more like my hub so if you'd like to go to michelle dot com you'll find me there um, and you can poke around a little bit, but for the you most part, you'll just and... find where to find me. I had a blog and once in a while I dropped the stuff on the blog and, uh, but yeah, and of course I have a YouTube channel. People are uh, more than welcome to go there. Um, and then all the streaming services, of course, yeah. a follow on Spotify would be amazing. And, yeah. um, you know, we're all just trying to, to have our music heard and, and grow our, our influence there. So, but um, you know, whatever people are comfortable with. Yeah, great. Yeah. So you're yeah. you're everywhere, basically. Yeah, it's good to it's hear. Like so many of us, yeah, we're all everywhere. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Yeah. Well, Michelle, uh, thank you so much for your time today, and I really enjoyed this conversation. I'm glad we were able to do this. Yeah, I was really glad to be invited, Thomas. It was great to talk with you, and uh, thanks so much. All right, that was Michelle Koreshi. Like many uh, gifted creative people, she's as you can tell, super resourceful and um, self-reliant and uh, totally a pleasure to talk with her. I'm going to close things out with her uh, her song, Of the Harvest. I'll be back again soon with uh, more episodes, maybe um, some non-interview episodes. Might do a song breakdown 
uh, coming up soon. But uh, yeah, have a good rest of your week. I'll see you later.